let's kick off the country today with Cameron Bagri, independent economist. Were you surprised by the Grant Robertson news, Cameron? No, that's been in the room in the mill for the last uh, couple of months. Right. Many more to go? Any other rats deserting the sinking ship? Oh, I think over the next sort of three to four years there'll be the, a little bit of movement. I guess the interesting thing is that whether it's voluntary movement or involuntary movement. Well, we're also hearing rumours that our good friend Damien O'Connor's going to step aside, and I could understand why he would at his age and stage in life. But Grant Robertson, OK, he's taken a job as the Vice-Chancellor of Otago University. I guess purely from a fiscal point of view, managing his own books, this is a smart decision. He'll more than double his pay. Yeah, and yeah, to be fair, it's probably another one of those sort of high-stress positions, but if you think about where he's come from, he's kind of moving into a, a lower stress job. You know, mind you, you know, the universities around the country have got a pretty difficult challenge going forward, balancing the books, so it's going to be interesting to see how he goes in that arena, because this is one thing we know, is that he liked to spend, he liked to spend money. Well, he didn't do a very good job, in hindsight, of balancing our books. So, yeah, he's going to be under the pump at Otago University, but I I would say it's going to be a hell of a lot easier than being Minister of Finance, especially um, going through a a global pandemic. So is his legacy that of spending too much? I think there's two sides to it, sort of the the first half, in the second half, yeah, the, the first half, yeah, that, that, that COVID spend where he supported the New Zealand economy by the wage subsidy, et cetera, et cetera, you know, given the uncertainty of COVID, he needed to go big, and he did. And, and guess what? New Zealand bounced back pretty well. I guess that the second half was not so favourable because, you know, that post-COVID response you know, turned on a little bit of what we call confetti-style economics, where there was just money being thrown around. So the first half was pretty good, but the second half was confetti economics, which has just left an awful lot of debt. I think that sums up the Ardern slash Hipkins in the latter stages government. First term gets a pass mark, second term dismal failure. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's a little bit like that uh, All Blacks French test match, I think it was in, in 1999. Yeah, everyone in New Zealand, we were backslapping how good we were, shut down our borders and we were opening up. We were going to rugby games and that sort of stuff in, in 2020 and the, and the rest of the you know, other nations were shut. And you know, lo and behold, we forgot to realise about the long game. And the long game was that COVID was never going to be permanently defeated. It was always going to come back. So the second half of that all-black French test match was a disaster. And, of course, yeah, New Zealand suddenly yeah, COVID came back and we didn't look so good in the second half of the match. In a past life, you were the chief economist for ANZ. I want you back in that job, Cameron Bagri, because I don't like what Sharon Zollner's saying. She's talking up the prospect of two more lifts in the OCR this year. I put it to you, as someone who got a C-minus in Economics 101, Cameron, that the cure is worse than the disease. Yeah, well, welcome to the, the bit, of, bit of medicine. We'd, we'd love to say that there's no way the Reserve Bank is going to be lifting interest rates, but that is still a possibility. It is a greater than a 50% probability at the moment. I think the answer is no. We've probably been saved by the bell because inflation expectations, which are where financial market participants think inflation is going to be two, five, ten years out, 
they declined last week. And that's probably given the Reserve Bank a little bit of breathing space because your, your core and your existing underlying inflation pressure, your non-tradable inflation is 5.9%. That's domestic inflation. And 59 is a long way away from 2 And that's the real problem the Reserve Bank has got here is that inflation's coming down, but it's coming down at a very slow rate. And that slow rate risk is altering inflation expectations, but we haven't seen that yet. If the Reserve Bank, I think, will pause, but the ANZ's got a valid case. Well, I say statistics, Dan, statistics, and I look at one of the other factors they're looking at, the better-than-expected employment rate, but as we've found out in recent times, that's just a con job anyhow, because half the country's on the job seekers' benefit and they've been there for 13 years. Heaps yeah, of people those, unemployed. Yeah, those those numbers on the job seeker benefit, around 6% of the working-age population, you know, the number of people officially unemployed is about 4%. If you look at the total number of people on a benefit, there's about 380,000, which is about 12% of the working age population. And that's a combination of you know, cyclical, i.e. job displacement, people are being put out of work. Uh, there's some pretty strong structural legacy issues coming through there. But there's also, to be fair, there's, there's a whole lot of people that are just physically incapable of working. And I guess one of the big positive attributes of New Zealand is that, you know, we're there to help those in need. Yeah, but the welfare state is there for the needy, not the greedy. Yeah, it should be a safety net, in my humble opinion. Anyhow, OK, let's just... Where's the housing market going to go this year, Cameron? Oh, I think it's going to paddle around and not, not do too much. You've got the optimists that are out there saying it's going to fire up again. Why? Because migration's pretty strong. Then you've got the flip side... The flip side is that, one, the Reserve Bank cannot afford to let the housing market be strong because that's inflationary, not deflationary. And, B, you've still got the lagged impact. That's the delayed impact of higher interest rates. You know, there's $200 billion worth of fixed mortgages that are going to refinance in the coming 12 months. Yeah, that's about 45% of all mortgages. So monetary policy has still got some economic punching to do over 2024 as people roll off those lower fixed mortgage rates into numbers up around 7%. And my final question is around the world economy. I probably know your answer on this one. I was hoping that 2024 was going to be a better year for the world economy. I don't think it will be. I hope I'm wrong on that one. No, and there's two primary things that we're looking at. Look, number one is that inflation is still a global phenomenon. Yes, it's coming down, but in the United States, we've seen inflation level out for the past couple of months. And that's, of course, seen interest rates move back up because people are thinking, well, there's less chance rates are going to be down, coming down in, in the near term. So as long as you've got a sticky, persistent inflation, the central banks are not going to be cutting rates anytime soon. And the, the bigger issue, Jamie, is just think elections around the globe. Yeah, what we're seeing, uh, obviously, uh, you know, Russia, you've had Taiwan, Pakistan, India stepping up. And the big one is the United States. And you've got this choice between you know, Joe Biden and, and Donald Trump, and you sort of scratch your head. Yeah, we think we've got some issues down here in New Zealand in regard to division. Well, this guy spent a little bit of time in America, and then all of a sudden you realise, you know, we're actually a pretty good place to be. Yeah, as Fred Dagg said, we don't know how lucky we are. Cameron Bagri, thanks for your thoughts today and, and, and your, your views on Grant uh, Robertson's legacy as he announces he's stepping aside from politics to be the Vice-Chancellor of Otago University mid-year.